Welcome in the CHGO Bulls Podcast. Brought to you by DraftKings. $5 gets you $150 on your bets. Ah, oh, what the hell did we just witness? I'm Big Dave. Follow me at Ball Sports. It's my main man, Kyle Williams. Thanks for coming in, sitting in, course, Kyle. Man. I apologize for bringing you from your humble abode to come in and talk about this bullshit that we just sat there and watched. I am sorry, because you were going to be at the crib, you know what I'm saying, doing your thing, and you decided to come in, man, but I, I'm sorry. Honestly, I kept watching all the way through just because I knew I was coming here, but the Bulls gave you a reason to turn off about midway through the fourth. <sighs> And by the way, shout out to our guy, Matt Peck, man. He has some business he had to take care of, man. So we sitting in for him. But he is definitely felt tonight because that was some bull of the shit right there for the Chicago Bulls. My God, back-to-back losses to the New York Knicks. The first one is a little bit closer. This one, it was some what the fuck. 114-91 to 91 was the final score. The Bulls were hanging around early. First quarter... You know what I'm saying? Early second quarter, hanging around, chilling out, la la la. You know what I'm saying? Knicks were still doing Knicks stuff, you know, hitting crazy shots. They were just completely on fire. We'll get into that a little bit later, too, how much on fire that team has been. But towards the end of that second quarter, Kyle, it seems like that's when the whole game kind of turned and they never looked back. The Knicks just never looked back. And the Bulls didn't even look because they were freaking blind all night long, Kyle. Kyle, please help me. Please, Kyle, help me. I, this, this was some bullshit. We had to sit there live and watch this bullshit all night, man. Sitting in the three on the section on a beautiful CHG over takeover. Oh, thank y'all for coming out, by the way. Everybody who showed up, it was great. It was amazing. Shout out to Crossroads, man. Shout out to Kevin. Shout out to Adam Holt. Everybody showed up. All the fans. Shout out to my man Isaac. Who's in the studio with us, man? Happy birthday to him. Salim is Salim. here. Everybody came through. It was wonderful. It was supposed to be a beautiful, beautiful damn night. And the bull said, nah, we ain't gonna do shit. Ah! Kyle. <laughs> man, he's just going through it. I mean, I that was a tough game to watch. In the fourth quarter, I it was a lineup out there that didn't include Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan. And I, that's fuck? exactly what, what I the said. Fuck was I was sitting next to Big Dave. I looked. I said, they're down 12 in the fourth quarter. If we're going to have Kobe White dribbling until there's three on the shot clock and launching up threes on back-to-back-to-back possessions, we may, we may as well just head back to the studio Might now. Well just go sit down. Let's just go back to the studio. Forget it. What the hell was that, man? Billy, what the hell was Billy Donovan doing? Or what the hell was that? I have no idea what that was. You're down 12. You have to come back. Let me sit my best player and my second best player on the bench. Let's see what the benches got, huh? Let's see what they can do. Oh, they don't have shit either? Yeah, because that stunk. And then by the time you bring them in, all that momentum is gone because the Knicks ran their ass off the court during that time, Kyle. So it wouldn't even matter by that point. But damn, what are you doing, dog? I don't know the thought process behind that, man. I mean, like, I, I really will. I'm curious to see what Billy would say yeah. about, like, those lineup choices because you're trying to mount a comeback against a team where, in, first off, the Knicks aren't that much better. I know they've been playing some really inspired basketball of late, but they hit 38% of their threes tonight. Yeah. 38, And they're not a three-point shooting team. <laughs> right, at all. Quinn, Quinn Grimes was came out gunning in that first quarter. Oh, my quarter. God, yes. Came out gunning, mm-hmm. and then... Offensive rebounds. The, oh. it, you just like I believe it started with that two that two big lineup they ran out there with Isaiah Harnstein and Jericho Sims, mm-hmm. and that lineup was a plus six in the nine minutes they played and grabbed seven offensive rebounds. Dumb. And you can't win. Like we always talk. I feel like this is what we always talk about with the Bulls, just on a grander scale. They don't shoot three, so they're mm-hmm. not going to outshoot the opponent. Right. And then now you're not – if you're not going to put anyone, like, on the defensive glass, yes. now you're losing the rebounding battle. You're losing the three-point battle. Reach to me. Lost the free throw battle, too, by the way. Very badly lost the free throw battle. Wasn't even close. And it's – I don't – it's just a frustrating loss because you're losing to a team that's in pretty much a similar position as you. And now they just kind of – I mean, the only silver lining out of today was – you it was know. a silver lining? Oh, hit me with it. Come on. Give, give it to me, Kyle. Give it Ch- to me. Chicago's own got in. Oh, you're right. You know what? That was a great moment. 
that was an amazing moment, man. And I see why you brought the shoes, sir, sir. I, I don't. Th- are those Kyles? Those aren't. They mine. aren't Kyles. Those aren't Kyles. I don't know whose those are. They were meant to be here. Then that's actually incredibly interesting. That is really right in the mid- awesome. center. Right but in the yeah. center. That was what I said to Kyle too. Like that's when I realized. Like Derrick Rose came in. We were all cheering. He hit that three, standing O. That made it. 94 to 114 or 84 to 114 30 point deficit 30 point deficit at home after already losing and i'm sorry but to me this feels like the game where i think that i think in a couple weeks we could easily be looking back to these this game these this stretch of back-to-back home losses and say this is where some of the wheels really started to come off without question and we talked about it you know during this week, after going through that tough stretch, having the second hardest schedule in the NBA, it was going to even out for you, and then you could start getting some of these wins in here. You blow it against Atlanta. You do that one. That sucked. Then another overtime L comes against the Knicks, and then you're like, okay, they shot 19 threes. You know what I mean? It's okay. That's not, you know, that's not normal Knicks stuff. You know what I'm saying? Shooting 19 threes. They won't be doing that again. Guess again. They did it again, man. What, they hit 15? It was insane. It was absolutely insane what the Knicks were doing out there. But you brought up one thing that definitely pissed me off. 15 to 2 offensive rebounds. That's what it was. 15 to 2 was the offensive rebound margin. 21 to 11 was the steals. Did you see, man, that fourth quarter, they knew every play that was coming. Every play that was coming, they knew it. Those passes, oh, you want to throw it at? Nope, we got it. They had Julius Randle out there looking like Ben Wallace. Like he's a defensive stopper. Like he's that kind of dude. Jalen Brunson was cooking their ass the entire series. He, oh, my God. He looked like he was back at Stevenson with the buckets man, he was giving out. Dude, he was like, clowning them, man. Hey, if didn't, it didn't matter who was on him. And for anyone, Jalen Brunson at high school was giving out 50 balls, 30 balls, Facts. any way you wanted it. Facts. And, and he looked like he was at, he came here, made himself at home. And yep. no one took that challenge to cut his water off. Like Nobody. And it's just little things like that. Like when you just allow a, like another point guard to just come in and dominate. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just, I mean, and there's enough blame to go around. Like Patrick Williams got off to another Another, you know, solid start. Seven yeah. of the team's first nine points. He did. And then just. And then that was di- it. Then disappeared. And then at this point, it's just, is that just who he is? Like, mm. you you think, oh, yeah, this is the game. You know, he looks comfortable. Pull up mid-range. You know, it's all there. Mm-hmm. It never, it has not clicked to this point yet. Yeah. And yeah. at a certain point, if it's not going to click, it might just not ever click. Mm. And. That's frightening from for this team in the present and in the future. Because mm-hmm. when you drafted him with the fourth overall pick, it was made to finally get a wing who could impact the game on both ends of the court. Mm-hmm. He does that for five of his like thirty or so minutes that he's out there, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just frustrating. Like and to get for the, it, I think it's also the Knicks. Like when you lose to a team that is this. Not like this isn't this isn't the Bucks. This isn't my the, like my uh Portland. This isn't Philly. The Knicks. It's the Knicks who like in the Knicks have a perfectly fine sixteen and thirteen record. Perfectly mm-hmm. fine, but like it's losing by thirty at home. At when, home, when you losing both games at home, and it's not even the thirty. It's after you played the first game. You know what I mean? You come back. You played this team. You've seen them. You're like, okay, it might be a little bit closer. We're gonna make some adjustments. Come back out here. Seems like Thibs did that. Yeah. Thibs definitely made the adjustments. Predictable offensive sets was a lot of that shit going on too. They knew exactly what was happening and what was coming. I'm, some of that, yes, I'm putting on the talent. Some of that, yes, I'm putting on Billy also. But another thing I'm gonna put on Billy is man, how they kept coming out after those. Excuse me, after those timeouts, after they come out of that halftime. No fire. Nothing. They were just lethargic. They were going through the motions, man. When I'm looking at the plays they're running, it wasn't even plays. It was like, I, I can't remember what, I think it was the third quarter. After another damn Knicks run, they called a timeout. The play out of the timeout was just give DeMar the ball and just do something. Nothing. The ball didn't move. It didn't do anything. It was, here's the ball. Oh, go do something. Oh, there's a miss. All right, run down. They get a layup. Here it goes. 
Nothing. Nothing. It was some bullshit watching that, sitting there having to deal with that shit live. All right? It's a whole different monster sitting there watching it live, knowing that this was part two of a back-to-back at home. At of a, home. And you're supposed to come out of that with at, at least one crib. of those victories. Right. One of those victories you're supposed to come out with, Kyle, against a beatable team. It's not like you said. This ain't the Bucks. You know what I mean? It ain't those teams like that. No, it is the Knicks. You're supposed to come out with at least one of those. The Knicks understood it. And I'm sorry, they didn't hit 15. They hit 17 threes tonight. Excuse me. Rub out R.J. Barrett, who finding his shot, who can shoot a three to save his damn life. All of a sudden, he get into Chicago. He was three or five tonight for that three-point line. Crazy. Joey, can we pull up? Is, I, th- I see a question that says, do you think uh, it's, Do you think Patrick Williams, think, it was a, something about, like, do we think he could reach his potential of DeMar or Zach is gone? Basically, as if those guys are in the way and stopping yeah. his growth. I mean, and it's like, I get that question, and I don't think there's a a yes, like a correct question to it. But you can't, you like, I'm not trading away. Like, if I'm if I'm in the Bulls' position, you don't trade away Zach Levine or Demar Derozan to see what Patrick Williams has. <laughs> like, he just hasn't earned that right to like blow everything up for him. So, like, I now if you want to say blow it up just because it's not working, I, I can I can agree with people on that. Yeah, but. I just think this is who Patrick Williams is. Like, we've seen, like, take the Warriors game, for example. James Wiseman, good or bad, he's still going to at least try and make an impact on the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's, I don't think it's a, it's a, 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 whether or not it's Levine or DeMar, I just think it's mm-hmm. a mentality thing. Oh, yeah. No, it's all mentality with Patrick Williams. It definitely is. It's all a mentality thing with him, man. I don't know what's going to click or when it's going to click, when it's going to work or what. I still believe in Patrick Williams. I do. I still have faith in that dude that he's going to do his thing. But I completely understand where you're coming from. Everything you're saying is not wrong. It is not false at all, man. Shout out to Big Taz, the New York Knicks fan who is in the comments talking that shit as you should. You just beat the Bulls 2-0. You deserve it, sir. Talk all the shit you need to talk. Enjoy all of that, sir. Bulls 6-0. But thank you very much. It's all good. But back to tonight, man. Listen, the other person I want to talk about, yeah. Zach Levine. What in the hell? Did, what, what were we seeing from Zach Levine, man? I don't, I don't know who that was. I, I was very confused about who that played. He finished with 17, 3 and 3. He was 7 to 12, which was very solid. 3 of 5, which was also very solid. Minus but my 31. goodness. Five turnovers and a minus 31 is what he finished with. He was not good tonight. I don't care about that three or five. Those turnovers he was coming down making. My God, Joey, what was the play when he had the breakaway and you see he has Vooch on the, on the wing? No, that was and, that was Kobe. No, no, no. He did this too. Oh, you're right. He had him on the wing. He on went Vooch, down. Uh, Kobe had Io on the yes, wing. Yes, correct. You're right. He you're had right. Vooch on it and we're like, give him the ball back. Pass it back. He didn't. He took it in by Tunnel vision. Tunnel playing. vision. <laughs> and it was like, no, dude. This it was it it forget tunnel vision. It felt like he was trying to prove something. Right. And I think he's been a little bit better finishing at the rim in the last couple games. And he's because he's been he's like trying to get that going, but you can't you can't be getting that going to the to the you know, if it's gonna be taken away from everything else on the floor. I don't know. It was terrible. It was really rough. It was rough, bro. And it just it goes back like if Demar's not scoring thirty five points, like I just where is this team generating offense, and where is this team generating good looks? Like and that's, down but that's the also an issue too because even when he scores thirty plus, they have a losing record. right. They've got guys standing around, but it's like it's like they've he's got to score thirty for them to even be in the game, right? Exactly. And, and I'm like one of the things that my mind flashed through tonight is just you're, I'm watching and I'm like, you know, I know that this is where some. And I don't even think that people in our chat think this necessarily, but like, guess what? Lonzo's not making up a 30 point deficit. No. Lon- like this, this is, this is a fundamentally flawed roster. There is, you know, there is, there, they're in need of a big uh, shock. Yeah. They're in need of a shock. And listen, I hear all of that. The fundamentally flawed. I get all of those things. You just lost back to back with the Knicks. I ain't trying to hear that shit on that. Like, you lost to the Knicks twice, bro. One worse than the other. 
No adjustment made at all. One worse to, than the other. The yep. team who you looked at and you thought actually did something and changed something was the Knicks. You yep. saw them change their thing and how they were uh, approaching the game. They was like, oh, we will attack you. Zach Levine off ball, we will attack you off of there, man. We don't believe in you. You need more people. They didn't think he had that shit in him. Brunson, you want to put Caruso on me? I already put him on skates. You know, to end that shit the last game. Ooh, I'm going to do it again tough. in this one. He was tough in this game. We talked about it earlier. He was balling them out of control. And like we said, man, uh, Randall was doing this thing. You saw RJ Barrett doing this thing. You saw my Robinson, man. The rebounds is what was killing me. That's what was killing me. It's they were destroying them. And the Bulls, I rebounded like 37-35. You know what I'm saying? As far as defensive rebounds, stuff like that. But those offensive rebounds. Those, those are the ones that chances, hurt. They were devastating especially to a team that's not going to go to the free throw line frequently or shoot threes frequently and you're yeah. giving them ample opportunities like, yeah it's just it's a it's a killer and then to add on to all of that you had jalen brunson walking around like the ruler's back was playing it like Ooh. throughout his head <laughs> and it's just it's just one of those wins where every bulls fan should be frustrated and questioning the management, the coaching staff, the players, everybody in the organization has blame for this. Absolutely. And at, at a certain point, AK has to come out and talk. He has to come yeah. out and answer some of these questions. I agree. I, 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 that point right there that he's making, being fundamentally flawed roster is no excuse to being a lifeless roster. That shit, yeah, that absolutely. right there, that is the way to talk. That is the way to say that. That is perfectly said. We understand the flaws on your – I get that. Yeah. And then it, what makes it even more frustrating, understand, you know, fundamentally flawed, get all that. We had to sit here for years and watch Tom Thibodeau play with a roster that was worse than this and go to the playoffs every year because execution, you know what I'm saying, all of that shit. We got, regardless of how you felt about them, all that, you saw it being perfectly executed out there on the floor. You saw it. That roster sucked. I saw it. That goes, this all goes back to the argument that, you know, is where do you fault Billy? And I think, like – like, when Mark K comes on and vehemently defends Billy, I think he's right about a lot of things that, like, you know, I, I we already criticized Billy's rotation tonight, but I think for the most part, his rotations are solid. Like, I think that is... I don't think it's an X's and O's problem, but I think that this... We've seen this too much of them just coming out absolutely lifeless and flat, and that there's no reason for that. I think it's one of, like... You always see this with coaches when when a when an organization fires a coach, they always go in the opposite direction right. of the person they fired. Right. You, we saw this when they, when the Bulls had Thibodeau, they get Hoiberg, then they go to Boylan, and yeah. now they have Billy. And I'm not equating any of those coaches together, but you're starting to see a pattern of going to one other end of the spectrum. Right. And it's and I'm and Big Dave, you made a great point. I saw Nate Robinson have the game of his life in the playoffs. <laughs> I saw Tom Thibodeau run an offense through Joakim Noah as the point center before. Boy, man. How many backup point guards have we seen in this city that come in and were a part of a, a team that was winning? Yeah. And it's just that 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 can't happen. Like, there's too much talent on this team for it to be a lifeless roster. That, and that's the frustrating part right there. Too much talent. You got two all-stars, two current all-stars on your team right now. You got Vooch is, is awesome. He can play bad. You got Karut. You have talent. On this team, where's the IQ? The IQ isn't there on the floor, so the IQ has to come from the coach. And and that's not Billy's style. And I feel that, too, because Billy is a little more hands-off with it, yeah. which is why it works so well, you know, with Lonzo out there. Because he could be, you know, just he, – he could articulate it better to those players out there while the game is going on. That's why I work from there. That's why I work with Chris Paul. That's why I work with Russell Westbrook and, and Kevin Durant and so on and so on and so on. Because he had those are guys who can communicate his message a little better. When he doesn't have those high IQ guys at that position, which is the point guard, the most important position, in my opinion, on the floor. When you don't have that, then it's got to come from you. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying he ain't been trying, he ain't been doing. I'm saying it ain't been succeeding. That's what I'm saying. It ain't been working, man. And that is a damn problem. And we have to, he's got to, we've got to see some new things. Because constantly doing it, as far as we're doing it now, uh, uh, taking guys out at a certain point, I just don't like it anymore. I don't like any of it, period. I'm tired of all of it. Shit has to change. Yes, give me Dale and Terry. Throw them in there. Fine. Let's try it out. Throw them in there, man. Throw me anybody in there. But something has to wake up this team. I'm tired of them sleepwalking through games, man. 
There's no fire. There's no energy. There's no effort from these guys out there on the floor. Everybody gets a blame for that. I saw DeMar DeRozan punch the bench, punch the chair. He was pissed. I get it. Great. Everybody else chilling. Everybody else on some chill shit. Nobody else had that fire in them, man. And that's what's frustrating when you're sitting there watching them, especially you in Chicago, bro. We ride for that stuff. You got to have that kind of fire and effort. We can take that L if you out there putting out that effort. I don't know how many times I've sat here and said, I can take a loss. I can't take not trying. I can't take lack of effort. That's the shit that always piss me off, man. And that's what we saw in these games, bro. And what, this, me off. And what does Joe Keem always say ah. about those Bulls teams? That, that the city loved them because they played hard every night. If you give yes. your heart to the city. Every they, night. They will show you that same heart, like the same love. And just like DeMar DeRozan is the only consistent guy in that regard. Like you can tell he's out there trying how much this means to him. And it's just frustrating from a team standpoint when you just just get blasted by a team like this. Like and and like to go to like Zach Levine really quickly, like in the month of December, he has he has more turnovers than assists. He's averaging more turnovers than assists. And with with no Lonzo, with you know, Goran coming off of the bench, that's unacceptable. Yeah. Like this this team just needs like and like you mentioned, the point guard position is the most important position. Their point guard is currently injured, and that's Correct. not an excuse. But it, at a certain point, you have to ask the question as a fan: Where are we go? Like, where where are you going? Like, yeah. where's this team going? Yeah. And I mean, with the CHGO Blackhawks guys here, the Blackhawks are losing, but they told you like this was <laughs> this was happening. Like, yeah. it was going to be worse before it got better. Yeah. This Bulls team has consistently told us about continuity and how that was going to pay off, and through what the the. 20-plus games they've played so far, mm -hmm. it's, it hasn't shown. Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. We're going to take a break here. We come back. We got more to discuss, more to get into. We're definitely going to get into some of y'all comments because I see y'all out there like we've never seen me like this before. Well, yeah. you got to hang out with me harder, man. Listen, there's a, there's a limit to everything. All right? And I, I will never tolerate bullshit. All right? That will never be something I like at all. But we'll get into it. But we got some ad reads to do first. And, of course, I have to read this one because everybody knows when they think of meat, they think of me immediately. You think of Big Dave when it comes to these things. Green Ridge Farms, Chicago's local meat and cheese company, offering you a better all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous, those world-class famous meat Sticks, you know, Matt Peck loves some of them meat sticks, y'all. They're perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. These all natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight of them hours with 16 grams of protein per stick. Makes it perfect for a post workout snack. I'm sure Joey gets down with that in his post workout snack. Ain't that right, Joe? I don't think I've worked out since this uh, <laughs> thing launched. <laughs> Since CH, Not even run? Since CHGO launched. Yeah, you didn't took a run? Well, yeah. Well, I don't think you're, you're marketing. Like, it's not like an after-run snack. It's like an after... Like, ask Nick Moriano when he, you know, he hits his morning lift. You know lift. what? Yes, Nick Nick works out like a machine. He hits Absolutely his morning right. lift. I bet he eats Green Every Ridge morning. Farm. That is true. Crazy. Yes. Every morning, without fail. He's out there, man. Meat sticks come from chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. Delicious! Because they're made from recipes generations in the making. And being all natural, they deliver fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. So, right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what's going to happen? What? You get a free meat stick! Free meat sticks! Just use that code CHGO when you check out to get yourself some of them free meat sticks from Green Ridge Farms. Meat and cheeses. Ah. I'll tell you what. The cheese was definitely fire. fire. I can't even lie about that, Cal. I got to try the that. Cheese, cheese was on point, sir. Cheese was definitely I'm on point. I'm to try that for sure. Oh, you got to. You got to try that out, man. But hold on. I got to check in on Joey real quick, Cal. Let me just check in on Joey. Big Dave. Joey. They. Mm -mm, Joey. Joey. No, Joey. Nope. Nope. See, what I was going to do, Joey, was ask you, what time is it? 
Game time. Who? There it is. Yes, game time. The hottest new ticket in sight that makes it easier than ever to score all the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in that seat you thought you never could? The 50-yard line courtside behind home plate floor seats at a concert is possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never afford. You won't find better deals this season to see the Chicago Bulls. Created by the fans and for the fans, just like here at CHGO, and they guarantee you the lowest price possible. So, if you love CHGO, and we know that you do, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. But do that first. But do that after. Excuse me. You hit that thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up right there. Then get them tickets, y'all. And join the over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. Because, Kyle, what time is it? Game time. Ooh, Ooh you see that? All you right. That? All right. I got, I got some for you, though. Okay, in the chest. We got, uh, I got a surprise for you. We're going to bring in the Aussie. All the way from Australia. We're going to bring in Marque. You he, know he coming to defend. He, no. You know he I coming don't, to defend. I, I actually don't. Come on with it. I don't think he's coming in to defend tonight. I, oh, he's coming to defend. Just so everybody knows, Marque was not even slated to be on post tonight, but he That's just, right. he couldn't stay away. He couldn't stay away. He couldn't stay away. I'm telling you, he's coming to defend, man. That's how I got Marque all the way down the show. Follow him on Twitter at MK Hoops. Marque. Is it defense? Oh, we can't hear you. Oh, hold on, oh, Mark. Gonna, Joey's going to get it together for you. He's going to get those things together for you, sir, because I definitely want to hear what yeah, Marquette got to, to say. You know he is ready coming in ready. That man is came in on an off day. <laughs> he took an off He was like, nope, it's an off day. I'm coming in, man. And he's probably going to let us know what we have gotten incorrect and school us on some things, man. But I hear. I want to hear this. And know this because that means we may be having some technical difficulties and need the Aussie to call back in in a second. All right, well, he's Aussie, gonna... Aussie, call back in, mate. Call back in, mate. All right, he's gonna call back in. But Kyle, I wanted to get into something you said earlier because I completely agree with you. This for me is like the worst loss of the season right here. This is the low point for the Chicago Bulls, Absolutely. man. So I guess the question is, when you're this low, where do you go from here? Like, what hope are you seeing from this? There, it's. The, it's bleak. Yeah. It's, it's from a. I just watch watching this team night in night out. What can you take away from like this team going forward? Mm-hmm. Like, but like Demar is Demar. He's having another great season. Right. Zach Levine is inconsistent. It's just it's reaching a point where you're gonna they're gonna have to pivot. Like the team's just gonna have to pivot and. I don't know if it's a trade here, hoping Lonzo gets back, but it's, it's, it's reaching a point where you might have to realistically start thinking about trading some players. So even at uh, them being 11 and 17, and we know that right now in the league, it's a lot of parity going on. Nobody's really running away from it outside of, you know, guys like Boston, you know what I'm saying? And, and guys, those teams like that, maybe, maybe Phoenix and maybe uh, Memphis too. Memphis oh, finally Memphis. finding their groove. They look real mean. Hitting the gritty night in, night out. Seriously. So outside of that, though, it's it's a lot of parity, you know, for the team. So even the Bulls being 11 and 17, even with them not really completely being out of it, you still feel like these changes need to be made. I I think change – it depends where the organization wants to go. If you want to just continue to be, you know, a play-in team, a team of that caliber, then then you could ride on through the end of the season with this current group of players. But – if you want to – is the frustrating or troubling part is they're not building good habits. Mm. Not building th- so if the team just needs to start building good habits and just continue to build good habits. And losing by 30 to the Knicks, it just – It's not it, a good habit. It's not a, it's good, not a habit good habit to build at on. all, man. We good, Joe? You good? We're good. We're good to go, man. Bringing in our guy all the way from Australia on the off day. It's that man, Mark K. Follow him on Twitter, as we said, at MK Hoops. Come on, Mark K. Hit us with it, baby. Tell us what's going on. Well, I've just come into the comments. I'll come into the show because I've seen in the comments here that apparently I'm an Acme apologist, supposedly. So I've come in here to defend the <laughs> honor of Arturish kind of service. But no, obviously, I'm talking shit. I'm just, um, I have to laugh about it, guys. I have to laugh about it. This is the way I'm dealing with it at the moment. Okay. Um, I feel stupid. Uh, like I'll be, I'll be frank. I wanted to give this team every possible chance 
to prove that they deserve to get uh, to, or to write the ship, so to speak. Mm. I thought, and I've been banging on about it on the podcast that you know, if you 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 won against the Wizards, you won against the shitty Dallas team without Luca. You were facing a Hawks team that didn't have their main guys. Like, I mean, you had Trey, but no Dejounte, no John Collins. That should have been a winnable game. You're losing overtime the way they did. You're playing the Knicks. Yes, the Knicks are a good, decent team, a good team, a good defensive team, but a team that you should beat at home if you want to consider yourself at least, at minimum, a fucking playing team. Yes. But you lose both games in that fashion you did. I'm just dispirited now. I feel, I, really, I feel really dumb, I guess, for wanting to see this team, or at least give this team that opportunity to prove themselves. And, and 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 this is the sad thing. Like, ideally, like there's still time on their side. They still have that opportunity to write their ship. Like the next four or five games, they're playing teams who they should or who I think they can beat. But based on the way they've approached this week of basketball, I have zero confidence that they can go in there and beat the Minnesota Timberwolves, a team who themselves haven't been this good this year. Like they got another game against the Knicks and the Hawks on the road. I thought that those were possible wins for the Bulls, but based on this week, there's not absolutely no reason why those should be why I should be feeling confident about that. You've got a road game against the the Miami Heat, which again is a team under 500. Who I thought, if you get your shit together, you could beat them on the road. You you've already beaten them on the road. Mm-hmm. Maybe you can get it done. But again, there's no reason to feel that way for whatever reason. So, I'm just really. I'm really annoyed. I'm disappointed. And the only way I've, I'm dealing with it is to laugh about it, I suppose, because maybe that's just me and my mental makeup. But yeah, I just feel really stupid for wanting to give this team that opportunity to, to, prove, to prove themselves, to get back to 500. As I said earlier this week, they could have easily been back at 500 by the end of this week if they just played half-decent basketball. Again, I'm not expecting this team to be contender. I'm not expecting this team to do anything crazy or or outside of the, my my personal expectations. All I wanted was just mid-level basketball and they couldn't even fucking do that. So I'm annoyed. But like I said, the way I'm getting over it is trying to laugh about it. Can I, can I tell you guys something real Please, quick? Come on. The Bulls are a half game up on the Washington Wizards in the standing. Another team that is just kind of just existing. They just lost, what, like nine in a row or something like, stupid like that? The, the Wizards have lost eight games in a row. <laughs> And this is who the Bulls are a half game up on. And it's just, it's frustrating when you see the way, I, I know it's frustrating for fans to just watch this team and just just see, like you mentioned earlier, lifeless basketball. I've never wanted to throw my hat so much during this show ever, but I'm not going to because I love my hats very goddamn much. But my God, man, the frustrate Marquette, and I and I think it really hit home for us today because we had to go watch it live. You know, we yeah. had to sit there at the stadium and look at it. So you got a better view, a bird's eye view of just how horrible it really was, just how bad the passing uh, was, how how simple everything looked. Like they were running the same things over and over again. The missed layups. Oh, my God, the missed layups. Even all the way to the fourth quarter where Patrick Williams blows a layup. I mean, it, it was just all frustrating and all bad. And then – I'm looking at the bench, and nobody has anything. And I'm talking about not the fourth quarter. I'm talking about in the second quarter. Everybody is chilling. Everybody's lethargic. Everybody, you know, whatever. It felt like it was a team going through the motions. Of course, the only person you see getting up, showing something, was Alex Caruso. Like, because that's just the what Caruso. he does. That's it, Right. That's just his thing. That's how he does. But there was no fire at all from this team, man. Where the hell does that come from? Who do they get that from? I don't mind everybody being cool. I don't. I don't mind everybody being nice. But it only works when it's winning. You know what I mean? Like, who kicks you in the ass and says, dude, what the hell are we doing out here? Because DeMar gets angry. He hits the he hits the chair. He gets mad. He hits the chair. He's pissed in that way. But he's not going to sit there and yell at his teammates or do anything like that. Nobody else really does that on this team. That's why I like Daniel Terry so much and why I can't wait for him to not be a rookie anymore. So it's okay for him to start yelling at some damn people. But man, Marquet, like, I don't know what to, I don't know how to, how to pinpoint it or put my finger on it. Like why it's like that for this team when it's something I didn't see a season ago. Like there was fire. There was something there. Like Javante is not a yelling guy. Like he's going to show his fire on the floor. You know, that's how he does his thing. Caruso the same way. 
fire on the floor. Who's the guy, though, that's going to be that goon that I want so much for this team to have? Like, it's just frustrating watching this, this lack of effort, Mark K. It really is. Yeah, well, Dave, I would argue that we didn't see this last season. Like, what we did see was we saw this team humming when things were going their way. But as soon as things flipped, as soon as, you know, adversity hit, we saw what happened. Like, they did a really good job of trying to maintain themselves through all those initial injuries. You know, if you think back to last year, the team got hit with COVID in December. They really bounced back from that quite well. Obviously, Caruso in and, and Alonso in and out before they ultimately suffered their major injuries. Like the team steadied and did well throughout that period. But once the main massive piece of adversity hit them last season, that they, they didn't really have a response for it and, that, and they wilted. And I, I kind of feel like this is happening again. And why why is that? I mean, is, is that is that, is that a, a Billy issue? Is that a Zach or DeMar, a Vooch issue? Does it extend beyond the main big three? Is it a total collective of things? I think it's probably all of those things. Again, I don't think this is any one person's issue. I understand why you know people may want to blame Zach because he's a very easy scapegoat right now. The coach will always be a scapegoat, which I understand as well why the coach is always the scapegoat. But I guess in like in situations that we're looking at now, where this team is eleven and seventeen, it's not you. You can't be eleven and seventeen due to one person one issue like there's so many things that are broken right now that we have to touch on them all we have to hit on them all like there's just not one thing that's that's uh contributing to this tonight but like i guess from my perspective like watching this game tonight if we want to talk about i don't know these qualitative things these things that we can't necessarily uh measure or maybe we're not qualified to to really offer the best possible um the best possible viewpoint from our perspective, at least given that we're on the sidelines sort of thing, but it just feels like a team that doesn't have that uh, collective leader or, the, or that leader on it to really pull these guys through. Like it, this team needs its Joakim Noah for whatever reason to really, to really push this thing along in, in the way that Derek knows Rose needed a Joakim Noah. Like this team just doesn't have a Joakim Noah. Unfortunately, you've got, you've got three really good players in Damar and Vooch and, and Levine, but I, I don't know. You just don't have that guy in the background who's yelling at these dudes, whether it's on the court, off the court. That's not necessarily Billy's demeanor. We'd never hear from AK. I don't know who's really leading this whole entire thing. So uh, that's a long way of saying, I just think this team doesn't have this that leadership. Um, and again, a lot of people will blame that on Billy, but I think it extends beyond Billy Donovan, to be honest with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely extends beyond, but he's a part of that as well, being the yeah, leader sure. of the team as the coach. But definitely... It has to take place on the floor because he's not out there taking the shots and, and dribbling the basketball. Somebody has to do that as well. Real quick, let me say something about uh, the referees tonight. The free throw disparity, Bulls took eight free throws tonight. Do you know how many the Knicks took, uh, Kyle? 32. 32 free throws. That's a disparity. I would think that's a disparity right there. That's a little different right there. I'm not saying the refs are the reason they lost the game, but damn. Is all I'm saying. That is the goddamn lot of free throws, man. That is a heck of a thing. Um, so looking at you, you and you made the point when you were talking about Demar Derozan having to score thirty just for them to even be in the game. You look at him; he didn't obviously when he didn't have that game tonight. Um, the Bulls just just weren't there at all. But then you look at uh, Vooch, and again, I'm it, Vooch took, had eight eight shot attempts, took three threes. And it's hard for me to even blame him because I, he's a guy who you has to get the, got to get him the basketball. You know what I'm saying? He's not the center who's bringing the ball up and crossing you over and doing things like that. He's got to get the basketball, and you got to run that offense through him. Kyle is commenting but, in real time as you're as you're getting to these points. <laughs> That's funny. Like my exact name too. That's yeah. No, Kyle. I, mean, I fully thought that was just not you. No, I mean, exact not me. name. I, I mean, that's like what I it. I thought I was you. That I mean. So maybe this <laughs> isn't you. So, there's there's a lot of Kyle, times that there's a lot of times Kyle? this name comes up yeah. and we're like, oh, that's, that's our. That's never been me. No. That's, that's our guy, you, Kyle. No, that's not me. What? Oh shit! Good to know. Oh, shit. So oh. somebody else talking shit to Mark K the other night. Wow. Because I was like, Kyle's what a big fan you? of Mark K. I don't think he'd be this aggressive See, coming yeah, at him. That's and that's why Mark K was taking it like, oh, that's Kyle just talking and letting it go. No. Because he thought it was you. No, that's not, that hasn't been me. The other Kyle. Wow, Love that. Our minds are blown, <laughs> sir. You have blown nope. our minds. Back to it, though. I'm sorry. Sorry Check to interrupt. Your I'm, so <laughs> all I'm, saying, I'm sorry bro. to interrupt. You were talking about Vooch taking Man, three. Man, dude. 
because, oh my God, that just really blew me right there. That's crazy. But <laughs> my thing with, with Vooch, man, he's, he's somebody's got to get him the basketball, especially because, you know, I want him to run, to run the offense a little bit through him, uh, top of the kicks, and, you know, as yeah. he did with Joe Kim Noah. But to do that, I got to get somebody who able to get him the basketball. The Knicks knew every single thing that was going on before they even uh, were thinking of giving him the basketball. When the big man runs the floor, I just talked about it with Zach Levine. When the big man runs the floor, you reward him. Period. Point blank. That's basketball 101. When the big man runs the floor, reward him. Zach Levine wasn't about that life. He was like, nope, I got it. I'm taking it up. That's a flaw right there. Somewhere mentally there's a disconnect when he's not looking for his own teammate to get him the ball but looking to score himself. Now, I'm not saying it's Zach Levine being, you know, with issues with Vooch or something like that. I think it's more so Zach being like, you know, I got to do this. I got to score. It's going me. It's got to be like that. Can't be like that with Vooch. You have to have him more involved in this offense, man, because they have to try anything right now, Marquet, to get this offense kick-started because nothing is working. Yeah, I think, I think, and this is true of just general human nature, but when we're in stressful moments or moments that test, you know, just test who we are, I suppose, we, we often fall back to our instinctive nature, right? And, and Zach, from an instinctive nature, is to be, I'm going to put this on my shoulders. I'm going to take the difficult shot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to win this game for us. Similarly for DeMar, like these are shoot first guys. They shoot first, second, third, fourth. Like that's generally the way they make up. And that's, what, that's part of what makes them so freaking good. But in these moments of stress, in these moments of pressure, when things aren't going their way, they revert back to things that, are, that come natural to, to them that aren't necessarily maybe the best thing for the team. So I think that's just the product of that. And and I think there's nothing more than that, Dave. Like I I think it's just them being themselves and in these in these moments, because maybe they haven't had enough moments where they've sort of uh, had to sort of overcome these sorts of issues. They they fall back to what they're used to. And in Zach's case, it's like, all right, cool. I'm I'm gonna shoot this ball. I'm gonna make this play because I believe in myself. And that can be a really helpful thing at times, but in, in these sorts of situations, it can be extremely problematic. So it's not surprising. But it's disappointing at the same time. Uh, we're going to take another break here. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about that point guard position. I want to get in that a little bit more. Uh, we touched on it a little bit yesterday on the, on the show, but my God, man. We, we, we got to get into that a little yeah, bit. Other Kyle Williams just said uh, point guardsmanship, big day. Boom, man. Yeah, we got to get into that. And also, I know we got some comments and some super chats uh, we got to get into as well. But first, Joey. I'm going to I'm gonna guess now that they time. never – Ever understood. They never they understood. Never understood. They didn't get it. Why? No sense. Why? Why ain't they never get it? Shady Ray said. Oh my mama. Why? <laughs> my mama. They didn't get it. They said, why does it cost so much damn money to get you some awesome sunglasses? You ain't got to do that no more. Shady Rays has set out to change all these things. Shady Rays, premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity. Sustainable durability and styles cater to everyone and every lifestyle. Yes. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program on all of eyewear. The Matt Peck Lost and Broken Replacements Plan, which right now might be the Big Dave Lost and Broken Replacements Program, damn it. Because, man, when you get angry and you want to throw some shit, I wish you brought some hats in here, Joey, but it's not your fault because you ain't think it was going to be like this. I get it. But, man, when you get this kind of anger in you and you throw them, my head glasses on there, you throw them, you break them, guess what, Kyle? Replacement player, day one, they got your back there you on go. that. There you go. 200,000 five-star reviews for Shady Rays. So, exclusive for our listeners, Shady Rays run that deepest deal of the season. That's called the Matt Peck Deep Deal. I just named that. I just That's did that the right there. Just read that right there. CHGO is the code you use. Get yourself 50% off of two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That is a buy one, get one free. Do you know what they call that, Kyle? The map pack? Buy one, get one free. What they call that? BOGO. BOGO! Come on, Marquee. He got that because that's a BOGO for the Lolo. A 54 For For show show. Gotcha. I like it very much, Kyle. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades, because the Shady Rays, where the Rays are oh, oh, so damn shady. Also brought to you by DraftKings, because in this time of year, everyone's excited about the gifts, the holiday spirit, but what about all the basketball? 
I know what I'm going to be doing Christmas Day. I'm going to be sitting down in front of the TV, eating some food, watching some hoops. I'm sure you're going to be doing the same. I'm sure Marquette is going to be doing the damn same. I'm sure Joey's going to be doing the damn same. Yes. So when you throw down that NBA action, why don't you do it with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. You can combine multiple bets for bigger payouts with DraftKings. Same game parlays. Oh, so download that app right now. Get in the holiday hoops action, y'all. Sign up with the code CHGO. Place that $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win, and you'll get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that code CHGO. Minimum age and elementary restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And Joey, DraftKings, player of the game. The king of the game. Hit me. There it is. Hit him with it right there. It just didn't feel right to give it to anybody else. I agree. I like it. I enjoy it. There he is, y'all. Derek Rose. The big, the best moment, as you said, Kyle, the best moment of the game was when Derek Rose walked in. Mark K, the UC went insane when that man walked into the game, man. It was it was a heck of a moment, wasn't it, Kyle? New, the New York Knicks like social team tweeted out a clip of that exact moment with him checking in. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's what it's been six years since D Rose was a, a Chicago bull and he still gets love. Yeah. Like he was a Chicago bull yesterday. Yeah, it's, it's insane. And then comes in and scores and hits a three mark. Okay. It is. I understand it. I understand it, but it is fucking sad that the New York, New York Knicks third string point guard, Got more more of an ovation for positive things he did tonight than the Chicago fucking Bulls. Ridiculous. I completely agree with you on that. And that was the Bulls' damn fault. Because <laughs> they of were course. ass. I ain't blaming the people. I ain't blaming yes, the people. But it sucks. It yes, sucks. sir. But I, I agree Mark, with you Mark, De- Derrick Rose got a standing ovation for hitting a three that extended the lead from <laughs> 111 to 114 to 84. People were standing and clapping. They were down by 30. Channing MVP. They needed something. Do you know who they should have been chanting like MVP or standing for an ovation, ovation for? Andre Drummond. 4,009 minutes. Impressive. Amazing effort. Amazing, Amazing effort by Andre Amazing. Drummond. D-Rose jersey retirement in the future? In the future, yes. I saw Mark Carmen uh, asked him about it. Yeah, Mark Carmen has a good interview with him, man. He's, it's on uh, his page. You can definitely check that out, man. So that, that was really cool. You're absolutely right about that. That was very, very cool. Um, I wanted to talk about the point guard position for a little bit because it's, it's, it's a goddamn problem. <laughs> By committee, is not working. And everybody does one thing well, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing they could do that, but it's like I need more, more things. <laughs> I need multiple things to go better for this team. It's like a bunch of backup quarterbacks, you know what I'm saying, that are, that are running that point guard position of, for the Bulls, uh, you know, Alex Caruso, you know, he's going to play that defense. We get that. He occasionally might hit that three, but he's not somebody who's a threat uh, from there. And if his defense isn't working, like it wasn't tonight. I mean, Brunson, I'm going to give him all the credit in the world. Brunson was cooking. Like he was doing his thing tonight, man. Uh, it, it's more glaring uh, when those things occur. Uh, Ayo Dusumu is, is not the pure point guard kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he didn't. I don't think he got a lot of team. What, 14 minutes tonight? And that was a lot of that was in crunch time. I mean, uh, garbage when the game, time. garbage time. Thank you. When, when the game was uh, over. Um, and Dragic, uh, 16 minutes. He had nine points. Uh, he had a couple threes, uh, but he was a minus 10. Uh, he wasn't great in t- to me tonight at all. I didn't think he was solid tonight. He had a bunch of telegraph passes that the Knicks were honestly ready for, uh, for him, man. But they have to change this, Mark K. Uh, who who do you think the Bulls should be starting? Should you think they should stay with Caruso? Uh, should they go back to Io, or should they try uh, Dragic, or should they try something they haven't before, which is really throw Kobe White at that position? Look, mate, I don't I don't want to be a doomer about it, but I don't think there is a fix for this. 
And, and I say this because just just think about the players that are on the roster. And we sort of we sort of spoke about this yesterday, Dave. But like, there just isn't a lot of advantage creators on this team. Not a lot of guys who can create for others off the bounce necessarily. Like Demar and Zach are probably your best options from that point of view. But if they are your best options, you're going to be limited from a like a creation point of view off the bounce. Like the Bulls just don't have a lot of set up guys. They have guys who can maybe finish possessions, and maybe like guys like Patrick Williams, Caruso, Kobe White. Javante Green, Derek Jones Jr., like they would look a lot better maybe playing to next to a more traditional base point guard or or on-ball creator because they, they, they wouldn't have that necessary, that pressure to sort of create players as well as finishing plays. But I just don't think there is a realistic option on this roster it's, or someone in the half court that can do things off the bounce who can run, pick and roll and consistently, you know, feed Vooch, for example. Like this was an issue before this current iteration. Like even the, the previous team when you were trying to rebuild with uh, Wendell and Lowry, like, that team's fundamental problem was you drafted two big guys and didn't really have any point guard point guardsmanship around those guys to really sort of bring out their best game. I, I, I kind of feel like that's a similar thing happening here. Like you've got two guys on ball in Demar and Levine who are fantastic at creating their own shots. Uh, Demar can be really good at creating plays for others, but it's not like again, it's not an instinctive thing for them. So as to what the Bulls need to do with the point guard position. I, I, like if you wanted to start Dragic there, cool. All right, like he probably is your best playmaker, but we know what the issues that are there when you start Dragic from a defensive standpoint, not to, not to mention the fact that this dude is 36 years old and probably can't play more than a consistent 20 minutes a game anyway. We know what Caruso brings, what Io brings. So the reality is like each of these guys have their flaws. Hell, even if Lonzo was here, Lonzo is not a half-court uh, half point guard. He's not someone who's going to be doing things off the bounce and setting guys up from that perspective. So... This is just a fundamental flaw of this roster. And and it became, I mean, it, we already kind of inherently knew about it. But when you watch someone like Jalen Brunson and the way he sort of orchestrates the Knicks offense, it just becomes very stark uh, in, when sort of comparing what the Bulls offense can or can't be when you see a point guard like that who can just sort of run the entire ship so seamlessly. So I, I, I definitely agree with you. It's an issue. I just don't think it's solvable based on the talent that's currently on the roster. I, I agree with both of you guys. I agree with Mark in the point that this is just kind of who the Bulls are at this point. I don't see any reason f- like to have optimism for this position improving. It's just you either give like give the starting job back to Io and deal with his warts, but at the end of the day, there's just no point guard on this roster, and you have to hope that like the, I believe you know maybe the front office was thinking from a standpoint that you have Levine and Demar, they can kind of you know, both handle the ball, both kind of, like, orchestrate things. But even you, you see it throughout the NBA when you have, like, two really good wings. You still need a point guard to create easier shots for everybody on the court, organize things, settle things down. Hell, even Kawhi Leonard and PG, they needed a, the Reggie Jackson, the John Wall. The biggest question for the Clippers when they first got constructed was, who was their point guard? Correct. And then it was Pat Bev the year one, then they went out and got Reggie Jackson, they went out and got John Wall. And it's just it's so much easier when your point guard is your leader and orchestrates things and can point things out in real time as opposed to Billy, you know, when he's calling a timeout mm-hmm. to fix it. And they don't I, unless they make a move or trade, I don't see any reason that the Bulls are going to upgrade at that position anytime soon. Yeah, I, I think they got to go with the highest IQ guy. Um, whoever he feels that that is uh, I'm outside looking in. So honestly, I'm, I can't sit here and tell you who's. The highest IQ on the play. I've seen Caruso make incredibly high IQ plays. I've seen uh, Draghi's make. I've seen Io make them. Right. Uh, so whoever he feels is the highest IQ player, regardless of what they do well, regardless of if they're defense or offense or oriented, I want whoever the highest IQ player is uh, on the floor. Now, like Marquez said, like it's not like I don't think that's like the ultimate fix for it. Like you get that person on the floor, we're fixed and done right there. I don't. I don't think that is. Uh, the case because it's evident we sitting here watching it it's not the case we've seen all of these guys play and the results have not been good but they have to try something is all i'm sitting here saying something has to change and they've got to try it it can't be well we might try it you know what i mean or we're not gonna do it no bro you just lost two back-to-back games and just had the worst loss of your season something has to change something has to change on this team Going forward, man, or I'm going to come in here yelling that shit again. Go ahead, Marquette. You wanted to add something? Well, I was just going to say, I think, and again, this is something I said yesterday, but like 
the the the, the Bulls' best source of offense is their defense. Like the Bulls struggle at times in half court possessions for the reasons why we we just noted. How do you stop half court offensive position possessions happening? Playing good ass defense, getting out in transition, and sort of limiting your own half court by, uh, possessions by playing good defense and scoring on breaks, on transition, those sorts of things. They've been up and down on that all season. Uh, another thing that they, uh, you know, another way to stop those stagnant half court possessions is getting to the free throw line. You know, you guys already touched on the the, the free throw issue this team had uh, tonight against the, the Knicks specifically. But uh, I mean, initially. The Bulls were doing those two things really well. They were getting to the free throw line and in transition earlier in the season. The defense has been decent all season, but slowly but surely, those things are starting to wane backwards. So from that point of view, uh, it all starts on the defense for me. Like I've, I've, This needs to be a def- defense first team. These, the defense will fuel their offense because well, it needs to because they just don't have these guys in the half court that can do these sorts of things. So ironically that's how i feel about it like their, their best source of offense is through their defense because it just limits the amount of times that they actually have to play half court basketball but if they're going to give up points it's going to be more dead ball scenarios you're ultimately going to be walking the ball up the court because you're not getting in transition you get into a half court offense when ultimately things just boil back to a demar iso or a zach iso or whatever the situation may be maybe the ball swings to pat or caruso who can't necessarily do off the, anything off the bounce and you're left with what we're left with, a bunch of mess, and it just looks bad and it looks rudderless. So from that standpoint, I understand, but uh, they just need to be so much better on defense, even if even if they have been okay. They need to be even better to, to sort of overcome their offensive issues, which, which seemingly don't look like they're going away anytime soon. Mark, can I ask you a, a question really quickly? Um, what, what aspect of their defense do you want them to sure up or improve on? Well, I, th- I think this was a really bad matchup more generally against the Knicks uh, from an like from a rebounding perspective. This is just a big bruising team and the Bulls, even though they've in- they've they've improved their defensive rebounding and those sorts of things, uh, you know, they're, they're susceptible to things. So I, I, don't, I just don't want to necessarily focus on this game more generally uh, or this game specifically. More generally, I think the things that they need to fix or, or, or I'd like to see more of is just the things that they're already doing, but just amplify them. Like try to get back to that identity that you had last season of, of getting into passing lanes, turning over the ball the way they were. And I think that was part of the design. Like they organically maybe fell into that and, and that was like necessary for them to do what they needed to do on offense. But I think that defensive scheme was put in place so they could sort of, uh, you know, increase their offense from that standpoint. So to answer your question, I think they need to be doing what they're already kind of doing, but just doing it at a better rate. Like they're a really good defensive rebounding team. They're good at forcing turnovers. They're good at limiting free throws, but do that more. You need to amplify that more than you're already doing because we can't necessarily, you know, ask Zach or, or DeRozan to be lockdown guys. Like that's not something that's possible. You can't rely on Caruso to play 35 minutes a game or these sorts of things. So what can you do that you're already doing, but just maybe tick it up five or 10%? And maybe that additional five to t- or ten percent lift will be enough to sort of overcome some of these offensive issues that are happening from that point of view. So that would be my answer to it. Whether it's possible, I don't know. Whether it's possible when these guys are hanging their heads and slumping the way they are at the moment, probably less so. Especially like on, on that possession tonight where Vooch got got or Mitchell Robinson got that offensive rebound, that massive offensive rebound, and slammed that thing back. Yeah. The collective hanging their heads of the team. Yep. Man, that was tough to watch. And that's what I'm saying that. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's just no one there to sort of push these guys out of that. So they need to do it themselves. But I've just got zero confidence that, I don't know, one of them could do that. Goom, give me a goddamn goon. Sweet, can we hit our three super chats real yeah, quick? Let's super chat it up. All right, Go all right. Ahead, so AK, 999. Thank you, one of our most loyal listeners. Always appreciate you, AK. Sample size is large enough now. And this Bulls team without Zoe is a below-average team. Hard choices await. There are no easy fixes. No draft capital. Flawed roster. No identity or continuity. Mm. Yeah, you pretty much nailed it. Uh, Alexander says, guess the meaning. See, I've already guessed this one. Let's see if you guys can. Okay, guess the meaning of this. This is, uh, this is the emojis for the young The emojis. Right there. Can you see that? Or you need uh, to make it bigger? Really. I see like a, a clown, clown and an yeah. arrow. Am I, am I seeing I'm going to make it bigger for you, but not for them. Okay. Uh, a clown arrow. What's that first emoji? It is like wind. Oh. Uh, that would be blow it up in emojis. Oh. That's okay. blow it up. What's the clown represent? The clown is it. The, I think the, it. the clown oh, that's is, very nice. Yeah. 
Very nice. I like that one. That's clever. You kids are so clever with your emojis and things. Blow it up. That's from Alex. I like that. And then AK's got another one in here. He says, Knicks beat down the Bulls. Shots taken 92 to 77. Knicks have a 15 point advantage there. They out rebound the Bulls by 11. They out shoot the Bulls by 24 at the free throw line. Yep. They out shoot the Bulls by 14 from three. Mm-hmm. They the out they protect the ball by 10 more turnovers on the Bulls. Bulls broken. Mm-hmm. Thank you, AK. Again, pretty well said. No, that's that that's what kind of loss this was. This was a your broken loss. It was the worst loss I've seen all year, man. Like it was just broken. It was nothing to hang your hat on and say, well, you know what? If we fix this part, we can come back, you know, a little bit better. You know, and try it again next game. No, bro, this was, you're broken. Something's wrong. Something is truly, truly wrong with y'all. And you're too early in the season, you know what I'm saying, to, to be like, well, we can just wait till next year. No, bro, you're in December. This is December, and we're having this conversation. That is a goddamn problem, man, to have this conversation in December. And, it, and it's valid to have it. That's a problem, man, so... Uh, final thoughts from anybody, uh, Joey? Yeah, my final thoughts are that that was actually a tissue, not a wind emoji, I think. Oh, ah, okay. So blow, so still makes blow, sense. like a tissue. Yeah, still makes yes, sense. Blow it up. Uh, my final thoughts are that, uh, yeah, that was really rough. And I, I, I was, even as someone who doesn't have a ton of hope for what this team's long-term identity is, I was not. I was expecting a lot more. Yeah. But, you know, I'm now really interested to see how they come out uh, in their next game yeah, on right. Sunday. I'm I'm so interested to see what happens. Got that right, Marque? Yeah, well, look, I mean, I, I can't remember when it was, but I, I, I on the podcast I said that this this December slate of games is going to determine what what happens with his franchise for the next three, four, five years. Uh, maybe that's already happened. Maybe we know now what should or shouldn't be happening. But ultimately, the the the, the next couple of weeks or the next week of Bulls basketball will ultimately determine what will happen. Like, I mean. Four road games coming up. You got the Wolves, you got the Hawks, you got the Knicks, you got the Heat. If those are four L's, and there's no reason to believe, based on what we've seen this week, that this team has the ability to pull itself out of the hole it's created. If those are four L's, and you're looking at a what eleven and twenty-one record, I mean, we know where this thing is headed, right? I mean, even me, as someone who was trying to be optimistic, as someone who wanted to give this team every possible chance, like I said, to get their things, to get their shit organized. If you lose the next four games, or hell, even if you go one of three, like, what are we even doing here at that point? Like I said, and, and maybe I'm, I'm slow to it, and maybe this is why I feel dumb about it. Maybe the people that were banging on about it early, early in November about this team needing to be blowing it up, maybe they were right. Uh, but nonetheless, I just feel a bit stupid. This team has made me feel stupid. I'm, I'm angry at this team. And I, I guess I just want to hear from Arturis kind of service. Like, you built this shit. I don't want to hear from Billy Donovan. I, I Billy's awesome. I respect Billy. I love Billy. Everyone knows that by now. But this problem isn't a Billy thing. This is a structural thing. This is a big fundamental issue. You're the guy that put this thing together. Stop hiding in the shadows. I want to hear from you. What is going on? What is the plan going forward? What are you expecting us to do? What are you expecting us from a fan base? How, how are we meant to be feeling about this? Because all we've had is one season, or not even one season of good basketball. It was maybe 50 games. And it looks like we're headed down another path of rebuilding nonsense. So if that's the case, you need to come out here and you need to talk to me. You need to talk to the rest of the fan base and tell us why the fuck we should be continuing to be invested in this thing. Because if we're heading down another multi-year rebuild, potentially without our draft pick because of the Vucevic trade, you need to sell me some stuff because I'm pretty annoyed right now. I have one more thing to say before I, before I turn over for Big Day's final thoughts. Mark, was going to Kyle. sorry. Mark, you tweeted yesterday. You said it's it shouldn't always be championship or bust. You don't like that, but you see tonight, like it doesn't have to be championship or bust. But you, nobody wants to be a team that's losing by thirty on their home floor to the Knicks. Nobody. And then back to back games. Like there's there's a difference between being middle of the pack and then and then just having no real path to to be you know even in a little bit of a window of contention. So that's where I'm at right now. But Kyle, yeah, just kind of going off of that, you don't. It's one thing to to be championship or bust. It's another to to field a roster like this. That like, Mark, I'm so happy you brought up this point. AK has to come out and speak at some point. He has to address the issues on this roster as we go through what went wrong tonight and how it can get better. 
a lot of it is just a structural thing in outside of like outside of players control. So it's just a structurally flawed roster. Mm-hmm. And at that point, the president and general manager have to come out and discuss why this roster is the way that it is and how they want it to get better. Yeah. Whatever. And it's just, this is the, I, like, I couldn't imagine how a fan feels watching this team just knowing that it's likely going to end in a rebuild at mm-hmm. the end of the day. And it's just frustrating that you see, you know, your prize free agent acquisition from a year ago is, is about to be a year to the day in which he Can't initially walk. got injured. And now yeah. we haven't seen him in a year. You, you re-signed Zach Levine to a max deal and you haven't gotten the greatest returns on that yet. And, but it, I will say that there it is possible to retool this roster. You see in Portland, Portland retooled around Damian Lillard. Um, They get Jeremy Grant to come over there, retooled it, and they're having a perfectly fine season. They're kind of, you know, one of those mid-market teams that is, they're not winning a championship, but they're not actively trying to be the worst possible team. Mm -hmm. And the Bulls can get there. It's just, at some point, management has to answer. Yeah. Uh, I'm not – mine isn't even going to be about the Bulls. Look, I just want to thank everybody for coming out That's to the CHGO takeover today. That was amazing. Uh, it was sold out. Uh, just the people we met, uh, running the people who actually enjoy what we do was really Really cool. cool. Um, really cool. Being at the game was, was just really cool, man, and just seeing people who were coming up to me saying they liked uh, what we do here at CHGO, they lo- love what Matt and I do. They love what Mark K does, uh, love what Will does. Um, Joey got his fan base. Uh, he definitely get, he got his love for sure. The but Joey's. It was <laughs> Joey's. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. It was, it was a great time. Uh, thanks to Crossroads for letting us hold that down uh, at their bar, man. And, yeah, it was just a really great time all the way up until the game. <laughs> and it was just a really great time uh, to do that, man. But, Thank y'all for coming out. Thank y'all for doing it. When we do it again, guarantee y'all we want to see y'all face in the place. So make sure you get your tickets. Many more to come. It wasn't our fault. All right? So make sure you get it and you get it right, man, because that was just a great time. We love y'all. Appreciate y'all for doing it, man. On behalf of my guy Kyle over here, my guy Marquette who's out there, my guy Joey who's back there, and our guy Matt Peck, man, we will see you next time on Sunday. My name is Big Dave. This is CHGO Bulls, y'all. We out. Peace. Peace.